Well, what a, what a joy it is to hear all of the greeting and the welcoming. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, my name is Gordon, and I'm the pastor here at Mission Church. And uh, welcome to our welcome back to, to school Sunday. For those of you who came early enough, I hope that you got a chance to get a delicious omelet. Let's give a hand for the, the guys who prepared the omelet. Thank you, guys. And there's a lot of prep work that went on yesterday for it. And so I am grateful as the pastor that we have amazing people in our church that help to serve in this beautiful way. Um, Welcome, friends in education. We're so glad to have you here. Welcome. If this is your first time at Mission Church, we're so glad that you are here. And for those who call this church home, of course, we welcome you as well. Um, Today, um, I have a sermon because today is about education. My sermon is called uh, The Stewardship of Wisdom. I just want you to know we're in a stewardship series and uh, some of you are like, oh, no, he's talking about stewardship today. But we're going to talk about stewardship of wisdom. And uh, I'm sure there's a big sigh of relief coming from people. <laughs> and so today, um, I'm excited because we have our educators today. And, and education really is the foundation of wisdom. So all the people who serve in education, you lay a great framework and foundation for what we're going to be talking about today. And that is Wisdom and, and the stewardship of it and how we put it into our life today. So um, I'd like to uh, invite my good friend, um, Brian Thurman, who is the uh, superintendent of the Ramona School District. Brian and I went to college together. And um, today we're going to read a passage of scripture that I've asked Brian to help me read today. And um, this passage of scripture is at the heart of what I'm going to be preaching on. And uh, it's from wisdom literature, so from the Proverbs. And this is a, a passage that King Solomon wrote to his sons. And as I was reading through this passage, I said, what a great, would be great that someone who had some sons that would read this passage of scripture. Uh, and, and, and Brian, as Brian came to mind. So Brian, would you share this passage with us today? Yes, thank you, Pastor. I just um, motioned my sons to make sure they're listening. I did read this to them already, however. Um, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all paths are peace. 
She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Proverbs 3, 1 through 18. Thank you, Brian. The word of the Lord. So today my message is on the stewardship of wisdom. And let's talk about those two things, right? Stewardship and wisdom. We've been talking about a lot about stewardship. And just for those who are joining us for the first time today, the essence of stewardship really is the caring of the things that we have been entrusted with and using them for the glory of God and for the benefit of people, right? And in the church, we, we typically, when we talk about stewardship, we talk about the three T's of stewardship. We talk about our time, our talents, and our treasures. And, and God has entrusted us with time and with talents and with our treasures. And how we spend our time, how we use our talents, and how we share our treasures matters to God. And that's why we talk about these things. In fact, we sincerely believe in the church that God is the giver of all good things. In fact, in, in, in Psalms 24, the word of the Lord tells us the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, everything belongs to God. And if they all belong to God and God has entrusted us with all of these great things, we are to be good stewards of all of these things, our time, our talents, and our treasures. We are the Lord's and all that we have come from him. And we also are given something beautiful, and that is wisdom. And what we do with the wisdom that God shares with us is important to God as well. And so we are also called to be stewards of wisdom. And in our passage of scripture that Brian just read for us, what, what King Solomon is doing is he's passing along wisdom to his sons. And he read that passage of scripture for us. And it was illuminating of the things that, that Solomon was trying to, to relay to his sons. Beautiful, not just beautiful words, but words of great wisdom. You may not know this, but Solomon is considered the wisest king Israel has ever had or ever will have. And I want to talk about how, how Solomon got to be so wise. Solomon uh, followed his father in his, uh, in his reign, King David. He was his father. And when Solomon came into power, when he became king, he was quite young. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly how old he was. But from the references that we can find, Solomon was about 20 years old. Now, right here is our college students right here. If you're 20 years old, raise your hand. Trevor, Maddie, I see. Oh, there you go, Karis. Are you guys fit and ready to be king <laughs> of a nation, right? I mean, think about it. At your age right now is when Solomon was going to begin his reign. And in, in 1 Kings chapter 3, God comes to Solomon and he, and he says these words, ask for whatever you want me to give you. As Solomon begins as king, God says to Solomon, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, that sounds like a blank check, right? <laughs> and so if God came to you and asked you, Noel, what do you want? 
I, what, whatever you want, I want to give to you. Okay, ask yourself that question. If God said, what, what do you need? What do you want? What would you ask for? I know some would say, well, if you're saying anything, maybe um, I'd love to be famous. <laughs> and with that fame comes riches, right? Because that's what people long for and they want. But maybe, maybe you're king. And as king, you think, you know what? It would make my reign much easier if my enemies were all wiped out. So would you, would you just go ahead and take care of the, the Philistines and you know, all these people that, that are against us? Some might want immortality, right? I want to live forever. These are all things that people would probably want if you had a blank check from God. But when we look at what Solomon asks for, we begin to see something different about Solomon and something beautiful that God sees in him. Hear the word of the Lord from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 9 to 13. This is Solomon responding to God. Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Karis, at 20 years old, Solomon was asking for wisdom. Instead of asking for all these things that that maybe you and I would ask for, he asks for wisdom. And let's hear God's response to Solomon's request for wisdom, right? Solomon asks, he doesn't ask for what you would expect. Instead, he asks for wisdom. And this is how God responds. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and in administrating justice, I will do what you have asked and I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. Wow! This is a beautiful picture of what wisdom is all about. And it is this king, this wise king at age 20, asking for the right thing. And what God gives him is not just what he asks for, but so much more. And then having this wisdom, when Brian read for us, he shares this wisdom with his sons. He is a steward of what God has blessed him with. And he shares this with his sons, how to be wise and what it takes to, to not just be rich, but to grow in something that we all need in this world, to grow in character, to grow in maturity, to grow in this area where I think we all struggle with sometimes because I'm watching our world, and that is how to have peace. In our home, in our community, in our church. How do you have that? You can get it from education, because that's the foundation of wisdom. 
But this really is the beautiful gift that God gives to those who ask for it. And God has blessed Saul with wisdom. And you know what else God does? He invites you and me to have a part in this wisdom that that he wants all of us to have. In James chapter 1, verse 5, hear the word of the Lord. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Wow. See, wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge that develops character. And that character reflects God's image in and through us. And so when we look back on the passage that Brian read for us, when we look back on what Solomon had learned about wisdom as he shares it with his sons, he shares this with you and me as well. Listen to what Solomon says about what wisdom is and how priceless it is. Beginning at verse 13, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Blessed are those who find wisdom. Those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. This is wisdom, people. Wisdom is priceless. It is, it is not anything that we can add value to because it is more precious than silver, gold, or even rubies. And the rewards of wisdom, the rewards, what do you get when you have wisdom? Long life, riches, honor, praise, and above all, blessings. Blessings from God and, and the joy of relationships in our world that you can have that are established in peace. And this happens not just by accident, but by God transforming us into people of His character. And that is how wisdom comes. And all of it, church, is a gift from God. All of it. We ask for it. And God shares it with us. Just as King Solomon shares his wisdom with his sons, We are called to do the same. And when you have wisdom, it's not anything to be hoarded and kept for yourself for your own benefit. That's not what God desired for wisdom to be in our lives. Wisdom is something that when we have, we ought to share. And in the church, you know what we call that? We call that discipleship in the church. It's not just the passing on of information from one person to another, but it is the passing on of how my life has been transformed by God's grace. And from that, I share that with the next generation who can then share it with those that come after them. And this is the discipleship of the church. I remember our church asking these important questions. Who are you discipling and who's discipling you? 
Because the continuation of gaining wisdom, regardless of what age you are, is so vital in our world today. And I need people speaking into my life as I also get the privilege of speaking into the lives of others. This beautiful passing of of wisdom from one person to the other. There's a great example of that in the New Testament. When we see the Apostle Paul and the relationship that he has with his disciple Timothy. And how Timothy was with him on all of his journeys. Learning from Paul all along the way. Starting new churches. And when they were not together, Paul writes this letter to Timothy. And I want you to hear the words that Paul shares with Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He says this, You then, my son, he's talking to Timothy, he calls him son, I love it. This is the kind of relationship that you have with people in life. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. This is the passing of wisdom from one person to the next, from one generation to the next. We gain wisdom. It's not for ourselves. Paul shares it with Timothy, and he says to Timothy, what you have heard me say, the things that you have learned from me, you pass it on to the people that that you're teaching and you're discipling so that they can disciple others as well. This church is a beautiful picture of the stewardship of wisdom. It's not for ourselves to be kept for our own benefit. We're talking about stewardship here. Stewardship is, is the essence of, of the things that you have of using it for the glory of God. And so, wouldn't you say that in this time of life, in our world today, we could use an extra measure of wisdom in our lives? Amen, church? Amen. Amen. I mean, when we are confronted and bombarded with all of these complex and challenging circumstances in life, the problems that hit us square in the face. We just came through two years of COVID and, and, and wouldn't it have been great to have wisdom in how to live life in the midst of all of that, right? How do you gain that? You gain it by praying and asking, Lord, lead us, help us. Give us wisdom and discernment. And and I know many have. And because of that, we have come through the way we have on top. This is good, church. But life continues on. And we need God's wisdom now more than ever before. For our journey in life as college students, I have been where you are at. And for those of you who are graduating seniors, what are you going to do when you finish college, right? Ah, yeah. For those of you who are just entering the freshmen, we welcome you. What is is ahead of you? Well, wisdom from people who have gone before you 
can help guide you into this journey of your college. And for those of you who are graduating, the wisdom from those who have graduated can lead you on into the next steps of your life. And for those of you who are, who are just newly married, talking to people who have just been married will help you on. And for those who just had children, can talk to those who had children a long time ago to help lead you on. And what we can do is we can learn from those who have come before us. You've heard the old saying... Smart people learn from their mistakes, right? You've heard that saying before? I I dare say that we don't have enough time in this world to only learn from our mistakes. (laughs) If all we do is learn from our mistakes, we're going to miss so much in life. And so my mentor, when I was in seminary, he was a smart guy, and he said, Gordon, I'm going to share with you something, some wisdom that I have gained. And this is what he said. Really smart people learn from the mistakes of others so you don't make the same mistakes that they did, right? I mean, that's good. So don't just make mistakes and learn from them, but when you see other people make mistakes, learn from them so you don't have to make the same mistakes that they do. And then I'll even add my own two cents to this, and I say to you, the smartest people learn from those who have gained from the life experience that, they've all, that, 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 you've already, that they've already had. And so, like I said, for those of you who are graduating, find those who have graduated. Talk to them. What did you do in preparation after you graduate? For those of you who have just gotten married, talk to people who have been married a long time and say, how do you get through those first years of life when you're just getting used to one another? For those of you who have just had children, whatever place in life you are in, there's somebody with wisdom that can lead you on, that cares for you. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 31 says this beautifully. It says this, Gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is attained in the way of righteousness. I love that. And so as a pastor, as a person in ministry, when when I'm confronted with a difficult Bible passage, when I'm confronted with how do you deal with this certain situation in the church, I know where to go to find help. I look around the church, and I see Paul Slater. (laughs) It's true. Paul Slater has a crown of splendor. Where's Paul at? I hear his voice. Paul Slater has the crown of splendor. You know who else has the crown of splendor? Pastor Bob Smith. Amen. I mean, if if you want wisdom pertaining to the word of God, look for, he's not hard to find. Crown of splendor. You know who else? Jeff Bolster. Jeff Bolster has the crown of splendor. Jeff and I are colleagues. We're, in fact, Jeff, you might be younger than me, right? But I dare say your crown is more splendorous than mine. <laughs> Find people who have gone before you, who have great wisdom to share with you, and seek their wisdom for your own life. Oh. And I'm wise enough to know that there are amazing 
women of wisdom in this church. But I'm not going to call you by name. (laughs) I'm smarter than I look. I want to I want to close by saying this about Mission Church. So I, I've just been the pastor here for a year and a half now, and I'm loving it. I am enjoying every bit about being a part of this church. And you know one of the greatest things? I'll talk to the young people here. You know one of the greatest things about this church that you may not find in other places? is This is, I think, one of the few churches here in San Diego that's thriving being an intergenerational church. You'll find a lot of churches that have great ministry directed directly at you. You go there and there'll be tons of young people there and they'll sing all of your favorite songs the way you like it. And, and, and those are great churches, trust me, I know. Right? You've been to some of them. But not every church will have a beautiful intergenerational component about it where not only can you talk to people your age, but you can move across the way. You know what I hope next week is that when you come back, you'll, you'll sit over here and talk to some of the people with crowns of glory on their heads. And, and they can know you. Because this church has one of the most beautiful balances of wisdom and maturity, along with, with the vivaciousness of young life. And we come together so that we can learn from one another and grow together and serve alongside each other. And in this community, in this community, in this intergenerational community, find a place where where God is glorified in the midst of our unique differences and in places of life. And church, to me, that is one of the things I love, love, love about being here at Mission Church where we can grow together regardless of where we're at in life share with one another and and what we share is the wisdom that God has given us and so as we close today my prayer is that we all become people who seek wisdom who are being transformed by God's grace whose hearts are humbled to learn and grow no matter how old you are so that we can all mature and grow in the character of Christ to bring about what Solomon desired so much for his sons, to be good stewards of the wisdom that God has placed in you. And in closing today, what I've asked is for Brian to come back and read that passage of scripture, not just to his sons, but to the whole church. Brian, will you finish up and share that passage with us again? Yes, thank you, Pastor. Dear church, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. 
Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Mission Church, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Be blessed today.